Good afternoon, everyone. Fashion dialogues have been continuing in this city, and we are back again today with the 14th episode of Canada Ciceroni Live, while we are trying to hold meaningful discussions within the fraternity. Our guest for the day is Anup Sharma, founder of Button Masala. As we are going to explore the journey of Button Masala, welcome, Anup. Thank you, thank you very much. Thank you, viewers. Absolutely. So, so for the viewers, you know, what does it mean to kind of wear a garment without any stitching? Did you think that the clothes could be fastened without kind of stitching it together? Design innovation is basically thinking beyond the norm code and breaking the stereotypes that are there around it and the preconceived notions of design. Anuj Sharma, founder of Button Masala, led the creative revolution since 2009. He studied apparel design at NID and did masters in high performance sportswear design at University of Derby, for which he was awarded the Charles Wallace India Trust Scholarship in 2002. He works in the areas of craft development and sustainability, besides teaching fashion and understanding human behavior with the help of fashion. He has previously shown his collection in various international places like Japan, UK, Sweden, Bangladesh. So he has earlier been a regular at Lackman Fashion Week. He's a TEDx speaker and a professor, a recipient of the most innovative collection of the year award uh, for 2009 from Marie Claire Made in India Fashion Awards. Like such a prolific personality. And he is one of our Ciceroni's favorite designers. Thank you. <laughs> so here we are, Anuj, we begin with a very, very basic question, you know. Uh, necessity is generally the mother of invention. That's how they say. So what kind of led you to start with Button Masala back in 2009? So it wasn't only Button Masala, even before that when I used to do that your fashion week or even as a student whenever I did a collection, I always looked at uh, uh, my own situation as a backdrop for inspiration. So if I only have a certain amount of money or a certain amount of time, then I would only go for that rather than you know uh, sometimes design is considered as a uh, way to dream and you know uh, you know you think an artist must dream big and uh, I don't have this but I should if I have this then I can do this I always thought that and I always understood this as a kid also that if you this is what you have then this is your uh, playground this is what you play in so if you could not uh, bowl better and if you could bowl a certain thing, then you you just work in that and be the best and manage to have to make. So I'm one of those people who actually took my own constraints as uh, inspiration. Right. So even before Button Masala, I did collections which were easier, cheaper, faster. So again, not for people uh, to gain from, but me to gain from. So I would always look at myself as the base. Hmm. Uh, my own, uh, my own uh, likelihood, uh, my own likes and dislikes to be the base of the inspiration that I wanted. So from that, how did so so the imagination of not sewing anything and trying to button? How did that come up, come about? You know. No, I don't think I would imagine ki kaise ban sakta hai se. Matlab, it's like you know, aakhir band karke socho kaise hoga. Wo kabi nahi hota hai. Matlab, it's, it, even if people do that kind of a thinking and uh, whatever they come out with, they will have to eventually go and try out something and they would realize that it won't happen or it happens. Right. That's just fluke. Uh, but uh, mostly what I always do is that, you know, 
if I see something and I play with it. So if you play with it, it tells you if it works or not working. Right. So with buttons and buttonholes and buttons and rubber bands, again, I if I saw something like I saw a man without the with the buttons being put, uh, you know, wrongly put buttons in a shirt, then I realized that if there were more buttons and buttonholes, something will happen. Hmm. I wouldn't imagine beyond that. Right. I would just then put lots of buttons and have lots of buttonholes to play with. And that will tell me that if it's possible or not. So every step and every evolvement that evolvement that has happened in the collection or as a in the concept has happened only because I have spent more time doing it than thinking about it. I don't think thinking helps unless uh, uh, it is about philosophy. So this since this is more practical as aspect and you know material has to define and tell you what happened you better play and spend more time with the material. And material will tell you what's possible, not possible. Sure. So can you tell us all, how did the first collection come into picture? Like your very first collection of Button Masala. I'm sure you did a lot of shows earlier, but when you had to kind of launch your first collection of Button Masala, any challenges so or any anecdotes that you remember from that part of it? Um, I mean, Button Masala was one of the, like probably the sixth collection in the sequence. So it was just one of the collections. But I remember clearly that I'd taken a break from my earlier shows. After doing like shows, I, a uh, few shows, I took a break thinking that I'm not doing, that it's not so much fun for me. Let me take a break. So I took one season's break. And while on the break, I came up with the idea of button muscle. I worked on it. And then I said, okay, let me present it. I, I don't think there were any challenges or anything that happened for the button muscle because it was one of the regular uh, show which I was anyways doing sure. uh, earlier but uh, during the show I figured that uh, people don't want to bring about the change so if I gave them a product which could become from one product to many products mm -hmm. they were not willing the audience was not willing to change or even the people who were wearing it the models were not willing to change so mm -hmm. I thought maybe I mean that's when I realized that uh, uh, there's no point changing or constantly making new designs unless your audience is ready to, right. to yeah. accept it or I mean, what's the point of making something great but there's nobody to explore it. So that's when I uh, realized that and I stopped doing fashion weeks and I started focusing more on teaching, which I was anyways already doing. Sure, sure, sure. So which brings me to the question, because the second question I believe you already answered that my question was how did the buyers and the designers in the fraternity react to the concept of work? But in Masala, when it was initially launched, until now, you know, it's been almost a decade now, how is the the market responding to something like this, which is really different? Because, uh, I mean, of course, India is a very stagnant, uh, orthodox fashion market. Yeah. I mean, it's basically just the market. It's Sorry. not in a, in, it's, it's not like an industry uh, which is fashion forward, or it's not like a future forward industry. I mean, 30 years back, also we were wearing Agra Cholis, today also we are wearing Agra Cholis. Right. It's not improved at all. Right. Uh, you know, maybe new fabrics have come in, few colors have been adopted, and maybe newer embroideries, uh, not just them, not embroidery, maybe the embroidery patterns have come in. But it's pretty much the same garments, the same silhouettes, and the same bias standards. It's just that we, instead of buying something cheaper, now we're capable of buying more expensive <coughs> stuff. Right. So, uh, what really has happened, uh, when I did the show, I from the critics, I won a lot of awards. Uh, you know, I won sure. awards, I, uh, magazines always were writing about me anyway, so they were more excited. 
uh, more people sat down and noticed that this you know great guy and all that. So I suddenly started getting more attention. But from my side, I realized that you know, uh, I mean, what's the attention worth if it's not coming from the understanding of, uh, of what really it is doing? Because everybody said great collection. Nobody said what's great about it. Everybody said great silhouettes, but there were no silhouettes. It was just one silhouette. Right. How can you call something like great silhouettes if there is one silhouette? Right. You right. can't say nice food, right. lots of great varieties when there is only one dish. Right. So that's pretty much what uh, everybody was saying, that great collection, but nobody was saying. So I realized that the uh, not just the audience, but even the fashion fraternity in India is uh, quite... Uh, 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 I mean, I mean, I don't think they didn't get it, but they just didn't think it's worthwhile to even mention what it's worth it. Uh, and that kind of made me understand that I have to uh, work on the audience and many other things. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to work on the you know fashion fraternity part of it. I've still only been working on the fashion students and the general audience. Uh, so over a period of time, the response towards uh, uh, butter masala in public has been great. Anybody who understands, even an auto rickshaw guy or any kid will also react very beautifully to it. Right, right. So there is no problem with the response. It's been fantastic response. From the buying point of view, of course, it's been uh, always been slow. Uh, right. Also because I'm not very focused on selling. So there's always been a slow response to buying. But from the point of view of learning, understanding, uh, reacting, wearing, uh, it's been a fantastic response. Sure. So the workshop that you started and you kind of uh, have travelled almost quite many countries. I think 20 or 20 plus countries you've travelled and you've taken workshops at these places. How has been your experience? You know, so taking a workshop in India would be very different from taking a workshop probably in Africa or probably in Japan or UK or Europe. You know, uh, what would be the cultural nuances that would differ, and what would be the similarity? I mean. The excitement is pretty similar. Yeah. Um, maybe there's a lot more excitement in India because we have a lot more uh, culture of workshops coming in, people wanting to learn new things. Whereas in, in Europe, it's uh, people want to learn new things, but they're very conscious about what they learn. Right. So if I did a workshop in India, it's very easy to get like 100 people, 50 people, you know, gathered. Sure, sure. But in Europe, if you get 10 people, then you know that it's a successful workshop. So. There's a difference in the number, for sure. Okay. Uh, in terms of excitement, it's pretty equal uh, in both sides. Everybody is now willing to learn something sustainable, something new, something exciting, something meaningful. Uh, the difference comes in culture, in the uh, which is basically after workshop culture. After you've learned something, what do you do with it? Okay. Indians won't do much with it. Hmm. Because for them, taking a workshop is the joy. The biggest thing, yeah. yeah? yeah. Not using what you learnt in the workshop is a bigger deal. Sure. Whereas in, in Europe, taking the workshop is only a start to uh, something new. So they would use the technique more often. They would only take a workshop if they really mean to do something uh, beautiful with it. Or at least try doing something with it or if they see a sense. So if they're spending like say 50 euros or 100 euros or even just not money, but time into a workshop, they would make sure that they yeah. they have a reason for it. Sure, sure. So the percentage of converts uh, from uh, stitching to patmasala is much higher in European culture or 
African culture, African people are more energetic compared to Indian people. Europeans are not so energetic, but they are more responsive after the workshop. Indians are somewhere in between. Some pick up, some don't. We are more forgetful about what you just learned. So, sure, sure. so we are in a culture where we fall in love much faster and also fall out much faster now. So, yeah. so Indian audience is very... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's very pleated. Yeah, just ho gaye kuch naya kal Fir kya nothing. Sure. So any particular product that you remember somebody has created from butter masala technique that kind of really bowed you across the I think the um, I really can't say that way because everything is individual and everything is beautiful. I mean, of course, you see something that you personally like more than the other, but then I'm I'm sure there are many many examples there, but. Yeah, I've seen people uh, very excited about, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, like the excitement makes me more happier than the product because product is something that you can improve upon. Sure. So I remember one of the kids in village, one of the villages that I'm doing workshop for craftspeople in Kutch. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, it was for their uh, parents and so the, this kid who saw the work and I also want to attend. So he, he literally bunked his school in the morning. He said, I'm not going to school stayed back and made a shoe for him. Lovely. Yeah, so I mean, he really wanted to make a shoe. And uh, uh, he just got excited, said, I have to learn this. So, I mean, I keep meeting these people of various age groups and various, uh, you know, from younger people to very old people, who all are very excited and wanting to do something. Sure, sure. So there are lots of examples of that, yeah. So you mentioned, like while you are talking about the workshops, you mentioned about the sustainability of the workshop, which brings me to the word in itself, sustainability, you know. Um, what's your idea about the sustainability buzzword that is going on in um, globally and in India right now? Your comments on it, um, especially in the fashion community, the way it has been used for marketing uh, a particular product? Definitely it is high time that we sit back and everybody should look at it. All of us, not just designers, but users and I think everybody has to get involved, not just the designers. It's not a designer's responsibility only to bring about sustainability. It's the consumer's responsibility as much more maybe. Um, the government's responsibility, though everybody basically. Uh, and for the last five, six years, the world has been big buzz, uh, but which I don't see uh, why the world is such a big buzz. Uh, we were very sustainable before the fashion came in. Mm. We were very sustainable before 80s. We all were wearing more more people, more and more people wearing drapes, which means you had more usage of it, more uh, versatility in what you did sure. with a piece of fabric. From that we shifted to something which is completely stuck to the body. It's uh, least and least uh, uh, getting, you know, lesser and lesser uh, sustainable in the way it is constructed or created or marketed or understood. Uh, so I feel that uh, we have to go back to the very basic of Indian clothing, uh, which is drapes. Once you have drapes, you have variety, which means you're buying less. So uh, the largest change has to happen in the way we wear the clothing and what clothing we wear. Right. We're definitely not wearing the clothes that we need to wear. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is the basic fundamental difference. 
Second, the fraternity has to understand uh, which is uh, that it's great that everybody is doing uh, sustainability and trying to do sustainability. But we do really have to understand what is can't go by the you know what's we see because there's a lot of younger generation right. who picks up on this word and says yeah sustainability so you know hashtag sustainability use something sustainable but what is sustainable yeah. yeah I don't think buying is sustainable at all yeah. since fashion is based on uh, buying a lot of garments it is never going to be sustainable right so if people who really mean to sell a lot and want to be sustainable stop saying that. There's no point. If you don't want, think is going to, you want to be sustainable. I don't think we can hold anybody responsible for it. Sure. It's all right. Sure. I don't think it's one person's duty to be. We must, but if you don't, you're not criminally responsible for it. Sure. Yeah. People have done enough before. You can choose to be sustainable, but no, it's okay. One of the person can say, "I want to become a rich person by selling a lot." The whole of the world is doing that, so it's okay. But you, there's no point trying to be acting as sustainable when you want to sell millions of the garments. No million garment, no sustainable amount, kind of fabric, and no sustainable method can make you be sustainable if you're producing millions. Yeah. Produce and consume. Yeah, both, both ways. You cannot have your lights switched on in every house. You cannot have five AC in your house and say my clothing line is sustainable, but you come to my house, my every single room is AC. Even in the summers, I switch on AC. Uh, winters also, I switch on AC at uh, 18 degree, and I wear a rajai and sleep because that's how I am. I like that kind. You you cannot live with a personal, you know, the individual it's people have to. Yeah, it's an individual behavior that must change unless and until you recognize. Yourself as a sustainable, sustainably responsible or not responsible, you can't help the world. Sure. You, you cannot just. So if you become responsible first and sustainable first, that's the first step. Second, your product will automatically then start becoming sustainable. sustainable. So how does butter masala incorporate sustainability into it? Does it? I mean, uh, of course, as I said, like I look at myself as the example for how so. Obviously, we produce very little. Even though we are a fast-producing product, we can produce really, really fast. Uh, we ne never taken the route of uh, multi, uh, with a large-scale production. Sure. We produce pretty much half of our own capacity. Right. We have never increased the capacity. We have never increased the capacity from one person to fifty person. Whereas in I can also, I would also love to have like you know, cars coming to me. Rich people floating around me, invited to best of the parties, printed in book. You know, it's addictive. I don't deny it. But how can you be called, want to be called sustainable, want to give the world a preaching lesson of being sustainable, and then have all these things as well? You can't. It's just practically impossible to have fifty cars in your compound and telling the world, "Bitta, aap to cycling pe jao." मैं कार में आ रहा हूँ तो मैं ये प्रीचिंग करने भैया काहे झूठ बोल रहे दुनिया से कितना झूठ बोलोगे कहाँ तक बोलोगे कोई देख नहीं रहा कोई कह नहीं रहा क्योंकि सारी ऐसे अनफॉर्चुनेटली Because you're not fooling the world; you're fooling yourself. 
So you're saying you are a very nice person, you're saying that I don't want these things. If you want luxury, say it loud. Then, you know, fill the world with crap, it's okay. So I believe in butter masala, uh, we do not use machine and electricity and all of that, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we, I mean, I don't think electricity is such an issue, it's not so much of consumption. We make pipe, but of course we don't use electricity. So if you use this technique, then you're saving a lot of uh, electricity, resources, machine cost, sure. troubles. Uh, also it makes it easier for anybody to uh, learn the technique, so you don't have a client complaints, it's one size fits all, so right. one garment fits everybody, right. uh, so you can size down, size up, uh, so I've only made one size garment, so we don't have like five pieces of the same garment being made, Okay. so we don't have to really make any garment five different sizes, sure. or keep making and keep, so because of, uh, most of the people are, people sell a lot of stuff, but they have all of these lying waste, so then you have to sell it out, like put it on sale, Sure. And so we never had sales. Right, right. I never put anything on discount. Right. Uh, because we never had to. We, we just produce as much as we need. We don't overproduce, we don't exaggerate, we don't want to sell too much. Sure. Uh, we don't bring down our prices, we don't raise up. I mean, I used to sell my garments at about 5,000, 7,000 rupees in 2007. Right. Today, when the costs have doubled up, I'm still selling at that price. Right. Yeah? yeah? Not because, I mean, I don't want to make money, just because uh, I can reduce the cost of the product. Because I do understand that uh, if you reduce the cost, it's good for you as a person. You're reducing the liabilities, you're having less pressure, you, you know, you're not borrowing from people, therefore you're not listening to people, you don't have to listen to people's point of view, you can do what you want to do. And you're right, people are... Technically correct in their thought process, it's just they can just get burdened by other people's thought process because they borrowed too much from people. So um, going back to your inspiration, um, which are the designers or the the art or the design movements that have inspired you in your journey till now? I mean, I've always well, I've studied to the ideas. I've seen a lot of people at an idea who actually inspired me a lot. So there's a there's a uh, animation guy called Webhouse very good animator. I've always learned from him like how good he is with his work plus other things in life, how he manages and basically balances his life. Uh, uh, it's beautifully balanced. So it's not always a big famous designer that inspires me. It's a very simple people who whose work is fantastic and great that inspires me. So there's where her. In fashion I've looked up, always looked up the work of uh, Isi Miyake. Mm -hmm. He's always looked at uh, doing uh, things differently. There's, uh, I mean, I've been always told that my work is like Mason Martin Margiela. Mm. Uh, though I've never looked at his work because I fear that if I look at his work, I will find similarity. Because people have looked at it. And I've also, also once, my first collection was, after I've done the first collection, many months later I figured what I've done has already been done by uh, this guy. And that's when I realized, ah, there is a similarity. So then uh, I like uh, Anit's work for how quality of work, her presentation, her dedication to the work. Rahul Mishra is another guy who's grown up nicely, quietly, and um, you know, he's doing a lot of work with the yeah. craft sector. Yeah. So there are few people I enjoy looking at what they're doing, how their life trajectory and what they've been up to. Uh, yeah, I mean, and then of course, I mean, 
general inspiration comes from different people in his life, not not just the yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have questions from the audience as well. What gave rise to your latest collection, Not So Black? Can we see the one that is standing in the this is basically, I mean, I've always wanted to, because till now I've always used fabrics which is available. Mm -hmm. As I said, sustainability for me is again uh, what's available right. and not dreaming what. So I've always wanted to do something like textiles development. So uh, basically, this is in a collaboration with uh, uh, Anisha who, who wanted to do something with me. She said, let's do something. And she, her drawings are good. So I, we said, okay, let's use your drawings and let's do something. Obviously, which meant printing. Eventually, we figured that block printing is going to be good uh, because it's going to be more fun to be able to play around rather than yeah. uh, we thought of uh, doing, uh, you know, digital printing. Mm -hmm. So that we came to block printing. So as I said, it always evolves for me, not like uh, so. Not so black. It's just the word that I gave because when we print it, we realized that printing is not so black. It's not like a dark black black. Yeah. Uh, so when you look at it, it's like a slightly white mixed black. Yeah. So that's yeah. how the name comes, not so black. Like okay. just one second thought. I said, okay, it will be called not so black. So a lot of young designers have been uh, influenced by you, you know, in the last uh, decade or so. And I'm sure you kind of teach as a professor. So there's a lot of influence that kind of comes along. What is it that you would want to tell these young designers? They want to kind of really work around Button Mathana also. I see some collaborations also coming up. I see a lot of young designers also trying to do something like Button Mathana. What is it that you would like to tell these young designers? I mean, not just them, but everybody. Yeah. You can always, uh, like, it's such a glamour-based world, no? I mean, there's this idea of how glamorous this world is. Uh, Part of it is glamorous, most of it is not. Okay. You, know, you work, you do. For me, it's barely any glamour. I sit and work, and you know, I don't even now go to fashion weeks, and uh, we don't even do shoots, so there is no like shoots. And generally, it's very uh, unglamorous. Uh, uh, so one has to realize that it's not glamorous. If you're only getting into it for glamour, please think again. Um, so there has to be, I feel that all of us have to have a reason for getting into something. That reason has to be more clear or like defined. Whether it's for money or it's for fame or it's for, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to say what reason it should be. So you be. figure out your reason. Yeah, you figure out your reason. But find out those clarity that whether money is really great or not. Right. Does fashion really make money or should I open a bhajaya store? Whatever. I mean, so if you really want money, then go into a bhajaya stall or, you know, just really more money. You say, I want balanced money with balanced something. So that clarity has to come and once you've figured out that priorities and balance, one must stick to it. Uh, I feel that people keep jumping from one priority to another thinking one day they will have final priority. But once you've taught your kid not to be in one place and keep shifting from one place to another, it's always going to be like that. Right. They will keep shifting even when you don't want them to shift. So once you've given priority to money above work, or once you've given priority of, of work above money, or anything, whatever you choose to, it will never change then. It will always be that kid who will keep shifting one place to another, and will never stay the way you want it to be. So if you don't want those priorities to ever shift, 
and stay the top priority in life, then keep them at the top. Never let it go. Second, patience. I, I think that there has to be a lot of patience to build something worthwhile. Correct. I mean, Correct. I mean, if you look at fashion, I've seen so many people in the last 10 years, including me, come and go. I was one of the top guys to be talked about in India at one point of time. Very short period, two, three years. But everybody was talking about me and everybody else. Some, very few managed to stay for long. Very few who, who really have the courage. And uh, for the rest of the other people, you can look at them that they come, they are talk of the town for a year. And then they disappear. You can't yeah. see them. Like, yeah. And I can tell you so many brands. Sure. Because... You do not have the patience to Sustain do something, even if it's bad. I, I mean, I, I don't think only good things survive, even bad things survive. So it doesn't matter, I think good or bad, or you think good or bad. Whatever you believe in, keep doing it for longer, longer, longer time, which doesn't mean two years, three years, four years, five. When I say longer, it means all your life, if yeah. possible. Yeah. How long your life, that depends on how more calmer you are. So. Once you pursue something for longer, you calm up because you don't have to worry about results which have to come quick, which means you can keep doing it with more ease, which means you live longer and you know, it's a cyclic process. Yeah. So patience and having a clarity in what you really want to do and uh, maybe, uh, uh, I mean, explore, just be cheap to your own livelihood and be more sustainable to yourself and then then you know people get more expensive to themselves to sustain. Yeah. Their own living cost becomes so expensive yeah. that they cannot run a brand or a company. Right. To be able to run a company like Batum Masala, which is not borrowing from anybody and truly sustainable to the rest of the world, I have to give up on many things. Right. I have to give up on many desires. Right. I have to you know take a sleeper class sometimes because I cannot afford a uh, air conditioned ticket or I cannot spend like ten thousand flying ticket an air condition I can afford but it's not available. So take a sleeper. Yeah. If there's no sleeper, take a bus. If there's so no sleeper, also sleep next to the bathroom. Yeah. I've slept next to a toilet. Sure. Even though sure. I'm I I I mean I've just taken a first class flight on somebody else's money and I've landed and I have no money or I have money but I don't want to spend it because that money can be used somewhere much better than my own ego of being seen in a certain class of people. Uh, so I, I mean, if I can't afford a great, uh, like 40,000 rupees shoe, I will not buy it. Sure. Yeah. So, so basically cut down on your Yeah, yeah. You yeah cut down lifestyle. on your lifestyle yeah. Yeah. if you really can't afford it. If you're rich already, go ahead, buy as what you want. Yeah. Okay, Anur, it has been a pleasure talking with you. Our 30 minutes are already running out, so we will... It's have to end the show. Minutes. Yeah, it's already 30 minutes. That's what I told. When you speak, we don't have to kind of really worry about the 30 minute wow. part of it. Yeah. So thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much, Anush, for being on our show. And thank you so much, everyone, for watching this show. If you really like this, please like, comment, share, subscribe. We keep on bringing you fresh content in fashion and lifestyle in the hyper local category across three cities that is Ahmedabad, Baroda, and Surat. Check our website www.ciceroni.in. See you again next Wednesday, same time with another guest. Thank you.